Hey, how are you, podcast people? This is James Kennison, and you're listening to episode 31 of the Gospel of Kennison, the good old GOK. All right, let's see. Last time I recorded, it was March 20th. Today, it is May 29th. It's been a while since I've done one of these, and I apologize. Every time I do one, I, you know, I'm like, hey, I'll give you some more. But, uh, you know, life happens. And um, as I mentioned in my last one, taking time out from podcasting uh, to recharge and to replenish and to figure out which shows I need to be doing. Um, you know, uh, I, I just wanted to stay fun. And a, and a podcast mentor of mine said, you know, when it's not fun, you need to change something. And uh, life's been great, though. Life has been good. Here this last week, I've been getting lots of sleep. I know that was one of, uh, you may remember, that was one of my goals with everything is to make sure that I am sleeping properly. And I found that I do a lot better with eight plus hours of sleep every night. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, but uh, did you know as you get older, you don't actually need as much sleep? You'd think it was the opposite, because, uh, but apparently teenagers need more sleep than I do at my age. And when I'm 60, I will need less sleep than I do now. And uh, I always thought it was the opposite way around because teenagers can stay up all night. I remember I could and kind of not even really bounce with it. But uh, but that also explains why I could sleep till noon on a Saturday. Couldn't do that right now if I tried. I'd have to work really, really hard. I'd have to have a lot of bad dreams in order to make that happen. But anyway, th- today on the GOK, I like to talk a little bit about something that happened today that was very special to me. And I just want to kind of record it for posterity. And share it with you guys. My daughter um, stood right beside me today during my kids' service. As many of you know, I'm a children's pastor. Um, but she had the privilege of standing next to me and being my assistant for the whole day uh, during the service. Let me tell you why that was such a big deal and why I say it was a privilege and an honor. Um, she uh, is kindergartner. She just is about to finish up and graduate. Actually, Thursday, she'll be graduating from kindergarten. Um, and she has just taken to reading like crazy. You know, obviously she couldn't read when she first walked in. She could read out a few, you know, words and sound some stuff out. We had worked with her a little bit, but she just she just went nuts. And without telling you the whole bleeding story, um, at this point, my daughter has read over a hundred books. I think she's at a hundred and nine, hundred and four, hundred and nine books. She's read every book in her kindergarten class and has been going to other classes to get books during book time. She's reading um, at a third grade level. And, you know, I don't, I'm not one of these people that just like, oh, she's reading at a third grade level, so she's smarter than your kid. Everybody's a genius at something, and this just happens to be her thing. That and she cares about people, which I'm amazed with. She has a big heart. But uh, that's my thing to be proud of about my daughter. She is a reader. And, you know, you know we all hit a level where we, we, we just all even out. Um, Jenna's just getting there a little faster than, than I did, but I'm impressed with that. So here's the deal. When, when she hit like 40 books or 60 books or something like that, they, I think it was 40, they, at their school, they said, you know, you can be teacher for a day. And so she did that. She knocked that goal out and she got to be teacher and they made her an official badge like the teachers wear and all that was just really neat you know she she got to grade papers and give homework and you know uh lead reading time and you know choose what they did for their recess and it was a big deal to her um they had another goal and that was if you read 60 books or 70 somewhere in there i think it was 60 so probably 40 60 you got to be principal for a day 
and you followed the principal around and helped him out with his work and all this stuff. And um, she, she was, you know, that was her goal. She was very excited. She did it. But she said, you know, it wasn't everything I thought it'd be. I thought we'd do office work. I thought we'd do work, but we just walked around and, you know, we had a snack and stuff, but we, we just checked on classes and it was okay. Well, I had told her, you know, kind of half-heartedly, kind of joking, you know, because what were the what were the chances at the beginning of the year that she was going to do all these books? You know, she couldn't even read. I had said, you know, if you read 90 books, I'll let you be pastor for a day. And she's like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that with the kids. And I was like, well, how about assistant? She's like, okay. Well, you know, I, as you already know the end of the story, the homegirl didn't just read 90 books. Somehow she got it in her head that she had to read 100, and I wasn't going to change her mind. So she read a hundred books and um <laughs> and she did it so fast I had to put her off for a week when she did do it. Um so this Sunday she stood up there with me, my little girl, six years old, kindergartner, hundred and four, hundred and nine books. Oh, and, and let me tell you this, just because I'm a proud dad. Not only did she had to read the books, she had to take a comprehension test on every single stinking one of them, and she had to get a certain amount of the answers right, 90% or better, in order to earn the star that gave her a point for the book. So if she read the book and didn't pass, it wouldn't count. She never had that problem. But so it, it ain't that she just poured through a bunch of books. She had to take a test for, with her comprehension to make sure she understood what she read. And so, you know, that's that's really the part that sells it for me. But so she's standing next to me and she did so good. She she wasn't over the top like some kids would be where they were overexcited and, and showy. And, and, you know, I, I honestly don't think the kids out in the audience even thought twice that she was up there, like any kind of jealousy or, or you know, who does she think she is? I just didn't get that vibe at all um, because she wasn't showy. She wasn't proud. She was just there being herself, and she helped me with the prayers. She helped me with um, – I had a part where I had to – we were talking about the Pharisees and how they were always trying to ch- trick Jesus. And, um, and so, I, you know, they were always trying to do riddles basically is what I said to try to catch him off guard like, like in literature where people have to answer these riddles to get past bridges or to save princesses. And I talked about how when uh, the, the Pharisee raised his hand and says, you know, um, what, is the, what is the greatest commandment? And in my opinion, that was a trick question because the the scholars knew that the first two commandments uh, were the most important and they were inseparable. So it was a trick question when he said, what is the greatest commandment? And so uh, I'm telling the story and I'm trying to explain the difference between, you know, what's a joke and what is a riddle? Because they're kind of thought of as the same, you know, by kids. And so I, uh, I told, I told a few jokes and I, but, but before I started, I said, Jenna, do you know what a joke is? Yeah. Do you have any? I didn't think she would. I dropped the mic down. She goes, what's your name? I said, my name's James. She says, what color is the sky? I said, blue. This is in front of 50 kids. Um, what, what's the opposite of down? I said, up. She goes, James, blue, up. And all the kids start laughing at me. <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's a kindergarten joke, no doubt. James, blue, up. But she had one right there on the spot. I was so impressed. And uh, she you know, put her hand over her mouth and giggled and all that. It was really cool. Uh, so, you know, I told a few jokes and then we do some riddles, you know, what's brown has a head and a tail, but no body. And man, you would have heard the answers when it was a, a, a dog that got run over. <laughs> That's so gross. 
head to tail, but no body. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, it was, uh, it was a penny by the way, that's a riddle. And so, um, you know, I told him jokes make you laugh, but riddles, they can be funny, but mostly they just make you think. And I said, that's what the Pharisees were always trying to do. Make, they were trying to catch Jesus off guard. So he'd give the wrong answer. They could make him look like a fool and they could make themselves look awesome in front of the people. And so he came up and he said, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, uh, you know, love the Lord your God with all the heart, all your soul, and all your all your mind. And uh, and the Pharisee smiled because he knew he he smiled a wicked grin like the Grinch. But Jesus wasn't done. He knew this was a trick question, and he said, "And there's a second one. It's just like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. These two are inseparable because all the other commandments are based on them. You know, and and uh, you know, we talked about how silly the Pharisee must have felt and." And all this kind of stuff and how Jesus wasn't tricked. And you could be tricked too if you learn the importance of the first two commandments. Um, and so anyway, we went through our – that was the introduction to our service. We had a great time. The kids uh, played games. Um, they played a game where we had six kids on each team, 12 total. Each of them had a pair of uh, safety scissors. And I had a six-sided uh, traced out photocopied heart. It looked kind of like, if you could imagine, the Superman logo with a little crick at the top. Um, and each kid cut out one side of the heart, passed it to the next, you know, like an assembly line. And we gave them 60 seconds, and they cut as many as they could working together. And that was our whole point, is the reason uh, at the end I held up one of the hearts. And I'm saying, our goal is to show the love of Jesus, show the love of God to others. But can we do it alone? No, we have to work together. That's why we have to love each other. Because we have to work together to even, you know, people don't care if you love God, they care if you love them. And so, uh, but anyway, the game even had a point, so it was pretty strong. Um, but it was really cool for Jenna because not only was she there helping me, she helped me with the rules and regs, she helped me with the jokes, she helped me with, uh, she even did worship and praise with the worship leader up there. And she just, oh, she even helped me ahead of time, uh, moving things and tables and setting up all these different things. She just, oh, she was just such a worker. And you know how some kids, they help you more than you really want and it takes longer. She's at right, right at the right age where her, her abilities match her desires, if that makes sense. She can really do the thing she really wants to do for you. And uh, I needed a little thing like uh, dividing out the candy because everybody wins a prize at Kid City, but the winning team gets double. So we always have a basic base prize, and then we have a premium that goes on top. She separated all that out for me, and that was all that. And that was all neat for her, but the best part is her two cousins were there just randomly for the weekend came in and were able to sit and watch uh, Jenna do that. So that was just even more exciting. And after it was over, uh, the oldest cousin who is uh, going into fifth grade next year, she said, that was the greatest service ever. And uh, that's saying a lot because she's been, you know, to a lot of churches and stuff. And, um, and she, but, but, but she doesn't go that often. And uh, I always love it when an unchurched kid really enjoys church because they don't know that they're um, – <clears throat> they they they're new at it, and they probably anticipate it being boring because some churches are. And so it was really neat. And I told her, I said, "Hey, I hated church when I was a kid, so my goal is to make sure you have fun." So I feel awesome that you enjoyed it. But uh, Jenna did great. I think she blessed her aunt and uncle too, and she definitely blessed me. It was awesome because here here's the reason why I'm talking about it. Besides just bragging, which is my right, um, is as a pastor. 
you know, and, and, and watching pastors, you know, through growing up and knowing pastor's kids, I could tell you that pastor's kids a lot of times are butts. They're just pain in the rears. They're jerks. They're, and, and, it, 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 let me balance that by saying now I do know why a lot of kids are that way. They seem that way um, because they get ignored a lot. You know, pastors' jobs are so consuming. People want their attention all the time. And just like anybody, like we do with our wives or our girlfriends or boyfriends, when 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 we're with somebody that, that takes our attention, we will uh, accidentally abuse the good relationship um, because we know that they won't leave us, and so we'll stay on the phone a little longer than we should, or we'll talk to somebody and not ignore them. And, and pastors do that all the time, whether they mean to or not. I think some of them don't care. Some of them do. Um, I don't want to diss anybody, but I just want to say that these kids, they do deal with a lot, and they live in a fishbowl, and every freaking, every freaking person in the church thinks that they can tell these kids what to do. So with all that said, though, some of these kids are just raving butts. Okay, End of the day, they need to be knocked out. Um, I've never, first of all, wanted to raise a kid like that, okay? And the way I'm going to do that is by trying to make their experience with church as normal as possible and as drama-free. And that starts with me. It starts with me. I can't control the nut jobs that come in and out and, and the people that mean well. I can't control them, but I can control my experience with them, and I can give them a great experience. And that means that um, I don't pick them all the time. I don't play favorites. I don't play favorites with any of the PKs, but especially my own. Um, matter of fact, I don't pick for games at all. I, I give that job away so nobody can say I'm playing favorites or or you know dissing anybody. Um, but uh, you know, I never want to force her to do what I do. I don't want to make her do it. If she decides one day she wants to go into ministry. That's fine. That's awesome. If she wants to be a doctor, that's fine. That's awesome. If she wants to pick up trash, you know, I don't care. Um, I say that, but you know what I mean. But I, I don't want her to feel pressured. There's so many PKs that feel pressured, and they hate the ministry. They hate the work of God because all they see is how people abuse their parents and how their parents have no time for them, and I don't want that. And so I, I really strive for that. So today at six years old, my daughter – thought it was better than being the teacher, better than being the principal, because she got to help me. She didn't want to be the children's pastor. Daddy, your job is too hard. And so that, you know, that, that really honored me that she knows how hard my job is, because a lot of people don't. A lot of people kind of blow it off like we're not real pastors because we're children's pastors. But anyway, I can, I can go all over the place with that. But uh, that being said, she wanted to be my assistant. She wanted to help me, and uh, she did a great job, and she had a great experience, a positive experience, and it was a legitimate one. It wasn't that I manipulated things to make sure she experienced something great. Um, she had a good time. She really enjoyed it, and that was awesome. Um, now, as a bonus to all that, all that, okay, <laughs> one more thing that was really neat is we said goodbye to somebody that was very um, integral to the inner workings of our children's church service. Uh, her name is Jessica. She's a 20-something. She's a young lady, and she had an opportunity because her parents uh, moved churches recently. She could have stayed with us because she's of age, you know, but she was torn because there was another church she wanted to go to because um, her parents were there, and they needed help in their children's ministry. It was an opportunity where she could have stepped up and become the leader kind of underneath a, a real pastor um, uh, or, or a youth pastor that, that does youth, children, and young adults but really needs somebody to help out. Anyway, 
she felt like God was drawing her that way. I said, she came to me with tears in her eyes. Oh, I don't want to leave and all this. And it was really legit and really awesome. Um, and I told her, you know, go, if you need to go, go. Because the only thing I like more than having awesome people is giving away. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's not the truth. <laughs> I say that because it sounds good. And, and, and I do believe it. I really do. <laughs> I believe that with all my heart. Um, because great people, you know, what are they? They're given to us. Why? Well, they're not ours to keep. And, uh, but uh, I just believe you don't burn bridges when people leave. You know, uh, It's nothing personal. And even if it is, what, what benefit is it to be a butt? And I have let so many people go. I can't count. I, well, I can. I can count about six people, maybe seven, that have gone into full-time ministry while working under me. And God has opened doors for them to become senior pastors. Matter of fact, most of those, like one, two, two, three, three now, three people just this past year that worked under me have, have had opportunities because of that connection to go into full-time ministry. Um, that's awesome. But – I, I I just do that. Even if they're not going to be something big, I still I still send people away, uh, thinking that they're doing me a favor leaving. You know, even though they're not. So anyway, long story short, this isn't a children's ministry podcast. Um, it's uh, it's about the experience, and the experience was this: what we did is I just wanted to send her off, letting her know how much we loved her and appreciated her. So I talked to her sister, and I found out what her favorite uh, her favorite drink was, her favorite restaurant and her favorite color and her favorite flower. So we went out and got some Gerber daisies. We went out and got some uh, mango something tea and some Mountain Dew, and we got a gift certificate to Chili's. And I had some girls line up, and uh, right at the end of the service, after we've talked about loving God and loving others, I said, instead of an altar call today, instead of coming down and praying, what I want to do is we're going to act this out we're going to use because Miss Jessica's leaving us, and I want to show you what it looks like to show God's love to someone else. We're going to put this into action today. And I had her come sit down at a chair, and uh, I just felt so bad because, you know, we're just going to gut her right here. Well, the thing that uh, she didn't realize, she saw kind of at the back the, the girls lining up. She knew something was up. But instead of playing altar music like I had cued right before service, I'd had the idea. I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier, but I texted her sister. Actually, I got on my Facebook on my phone, and I says, what's her favorite song? And she wrote back, and she says, this song from the movie Fireproof is her favorite song. I couldn't remember it, but I downloaded that monkey off my phone. I transferred it to the projection computer. And uh, we played played her favorite song, and man, the tears started flowing. The girls walked down one at a time, and they bring my daughter gets gets to bring the flowers, and then another little girl brings the soda and the drink and and the 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 gift card, and um and and so and then somebody else had a card, so we let them join in the line, and uh and then I had the kids gather around her, and I talked about her a little bit about how. Uh, you know, her gifts were so natural and awesome and how she's getting a chance to use them and we're going to miss her, but we're grateful that we're sending her off to do even greater things and that our relationship doesn't change just because she's leaving. And I had the kids pray with her, pray for her. And then I let anybody that wanted to hug her neck and all these little girls came up and hugged and it was just this huge, awesome thing. And uh, I, but <laughs> when she was coming to sit down in the chair and she heard the music start to play and she saw the lined up people, she looked at me like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> and I literally said, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Because that kind of stuff, it feels so good. It hurts. It hurts to be loved on like that. And um, 
because it's just, you know, it's so good you can't handle it. So anyway, it was an awesome Sunday, needless to say, all the way around. I wish I had more like these, but I don't know. I'm dead tired today. And uh, so anyway, I wanted to share that with you guys out there. So thanks for listening and staying subscribed in, in, you know, in spite of the uh, sporadic releases of the GOK. If I had a Gospel of Kenneth's scripture today, it would be uh, love others. Love others with the love that God has given you. You know, even if you're not a church person or a Jesus person, um, you exist because God created you. He picked out the color of your eyes, the color of your hair. And we may not like all the decisions um, that God makes. Some of them are his decisions. Some of them are just crap that we've pulled on ourselves or the crap other people have dumped on us. I'm not here to say everything has a reason. Um, But I will say this. Everything can have a purpose. Okay. You hear me? I saw a great comic, a great web comic. Um, it was, it was a hating on God a little bit, but, I, but it had a great point and it was so dark, but it was so good. And it had these different people had a, a guy, an AIDS patient laying in bed saying, everything happens for a reason. It had a doctor pulling a, a dead baby away from its mom saying everything happens for a reason. It had a, a, a child um, from Africa that had just gunned down a bunch of people at a wall and said everything happens for a reason. And it just had all these horrible things, uh, uh, you know, natural disasters where people were laying their dead. And this is all cartoon style. It says everything happens for a reason. All these different people, um, you know, a, a, a child, you know, in a car accident with his parents dead. Everything happens for a reason. And, and you know um, – the the argument that everything happens for a reason falls very flat when you see it like that. And it, and I've never been one that has said that, but I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that. They try to give meaning to, to, to those kinds of things. And I'm telling you, we live in a world where just crap happens, and God does not do it all. He doesn't. Um, but I will tell you this. I'll tell you this. God, a relationship with God, a relationship with Christ can bring purpose to it. You're going to go through crap, but why not have a point at the end to be able to grow and, and, and become stronger? I mean, there's an old saying out there, that that doesn't kill me, make me makes me stronger. Um, and that is based loosely on the scripture that says uh, that I, you know, I won't allow you to be, um, I'm sorry, that's not the right one. It's the one that says, um, oh, we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Basically saying those people that cling to God, even in the hard times, um, they uh, will find a purpose at the end. And I'm, that's my thing. I, I, I got to go through the same crap life you do, um, So, but, but why not have a happy ending at the end after it's all over? Matter of fact, it says in the Bible um, that the suffering, even if your life sucks your whole life, the suffering we go through – will be seen as nothing when we see the glory that comes after this life. Um, a little, it's, I always, t- when I have to explain that to kids, I just tell them um, it's like a trip to Disney World. Air conditioner don't work. You're sitting too close to your sisters. Everything stinks. Everything's horrible. You got to pee. But man, when you get there, all that's forgotten. It's time to get in line for the little mermaid, you know? And that's the way heaven's going to be. Can't wait. So if your life is awesome, great. Happy happy for you. If it sucks and you're with Christ, <laughs> sorry. We've all been there, and you'll make it through. But even if you don't, it's like the three Hebrew boys said, even if God doesn't save us, he's able to, but even if he doesn't, um, we're still not going to bow. We're still going to stand. 
So uh, uh, that's about it. That's about it. Been watching a lot of Twilight Zone. Been watching a lot of, uh, uh, what is it, the old uh, fat guy. Um, the Birds. Rope. Alfred Hitchcock. Rear Window. I've been watching a lot of uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, too, on Netflix. Good stuff. And I've been watching a series um, that's on there called The Story of America, or The Story of Us. And it's like a, I don't know how many part series. It's a documentary. It's about America. It's really good. Seems to have a little bit of a, of a, of a, uh, it seems a little preachy at sometimes, but uh, not about the things you would naturally be opposed to, but um, their version of equality and mine are a little different because, uh, anyway. So, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys on Nobody's Listening, and hopefully some episodes of Podcast Kid, and uh, uh, Explicit Answers, and uh, Help I'm a Children's Pastor very soon. So have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you guys later. Peace.